What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every single day. Free on all platforms, five days a week. Start your day with Lockdown Blazers. Make it your very first listen every single day. We got a fun show for you today. Jabari Walker earned himself a full NBA contract. Congrats to the 57th pick in the NBA draft for getting a real deal Holyfield NBA contract. We'll talk about that. His contract, his his NBA deal puts a Blazers roster at 15. They're full up for now. Are they done dealing? And if they aren't done dealing, how else can they improve? We'll talk about all of that. But let's first, let's celebrate for Jabari Walker. This is a fun story. This is what Summer League is all about. And it so rarely happens. Jabari Walker, let's let's just do, what's, what's Jabari Walker's month been like? He declares for the NBA draft, goes through the draft process, and has to wait a long time on draft night. A long time on draft night. Two plus hours. Over into the third hour of his evening, deep, the second to last pick in the draft for a team that has been on the clock at this point three times. They traded one of those picks, but three times. Uh, you know, the Blazers weren't going to take him at seven, but passed at 46 because they trade that pick away to Denver. He has to wait to the second to last pick, the penultimate selection in the draft, and here's his name called. It's a long wait and a scary wait. And what it means when you go 57th in the NBA draft is you do not have a guaranteed spot. You are going to have to go earn one. First round picks get guaranteed money. It's just broken out for you. If you enter the second round, you are you are in a position where you're going to have to earn it and you're going to have to prove it to the team that drafts you. In fact, many players in Jabari Walker's position, their representation would prefer that they go undrafted because they'd rather go somewhere as an undrafted free agent and and go sign on with a team that really wants them, that has a roster spot for them, that has a plan for them, that has a specific need for them, as opposed to a team just taking a flyer in the second round and seeing what they have. The Blazers obviously liked what they had. But while they were building this roster, the one guy who was kind of hanging out and wasn't didn't have a contract was his rookie Jabari Walker. And after his first game in Summer League, when he made all five of the shots, he looked pretty good. You say, he looked pretty good, but he's not going to go five for five every night. Then he looked better in game two. Then he was, you know, one of their, if not their best player, clearly their second best player in the, in game three. And he had been that in game two as well. Like he was all of a sudden, uh, after, you know, Shaden Sharp goes down in game one, like this is the rookie that everyone's watching. He looks like an NBA player. And the Blazers rewarded him as such, giving him a uh, a full NBA contract as opposed to a two-way deal is the distinction we are drawing here. This is meaningful for a variety of reasons. One, a two-way deal is not an NBA contract. It is a developmental contract. Uh, the Blazers don't have a G League team, so it's not like he's going to spend, he wasn't going to spend a ton of ton of time in the G League anyways, but it is specifically not an NBA contract. It's it is a two-way deal is, is a guy who is doesn't count as on the on the 15-man NBA roster, is not eligible for the postseason, does not count against salary cap. That doesn't mean anything except for just like the technicalities here, but it is specifically a developmental contract. It is a guy, it is for guys who go deep in the second round who teams want to, you know, kind of see develop behind the scenes or go undrafted like Brandon Williams and, and Trenton Watford. And, and, and they kind of just like, hey, we'll we'll get there. Um, 
But that's not what the Blazers did because Jabari Walker earned it. And they took their time. Like my guess, my read on this is that they had him earmarked for that second two-way. And then, you know, his people obviously want him to get a real real deal. And they've got a, a roster spot for him. And Portland says, okay, we'll wait. And kind of kind of the dust settles. going to be a lot of movement early in Summer League. Uh, you know, like you can, right before Summer League starts, the moratorium men's guys can sign contracts. All the trades are going to go through. We'll see what happens with, um, you know, the big stuff, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, Donovan Mitchell, all those things. Uh, when it's, when you get a better sense of what is out there, you're comfortable doing things. And the Blazers were comfortable giving Jabari Walker, who, who earned this money, let's be clear, who earned this money a full NBA contract. We don't know the terms. Uh, the Blazers don't ever announce the terms of contracts. They, um, I don't know how to say this nicely, they typically launder them through Adrian Wojnarowski. That's who tells us the details of the contracts. Uh, they haven't done so yet. Uh, I would say that the details of uh, Jabari Walker's contract may, may be not super important for Adrian Wojnarowski, but uh, to leak, you know, on day one or report, I should say, on day one if it's after the fact. Um, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there on knowing what his contract terms are. But typically, typically, if you were going to sign Walker to a real deal Holyfield contract, you would do so to sign him to a multi-year, three-year deal, control his bird rights, make him part of the team. And bird rights would allow that what bird rights mean is bird rights means is that when he's his contract expires, the Blazers will have the right to go over the salary cap to retain him. It just gives teams a much more much higher likelihood of retaining talent. That's why you want to sign players to three-year deals. You um, to sign a second round pick to that type of deal, you'd have to use a portion of the mid-level exception, which the Blazers have a portion of the mid-level exception remaining after giving the majority of it to Gary Payton the second. Typically, these deals contain non-guaranteed money, fully non-guaranteed second and third years. If there is a fourth year, sometimes it's three fully non-guaranteed years after that guaranteed first year. But the guaranteed first year is a real raise and it's real job security for Jabari Walker. I have been sort of critical of this, this type of contract in the past. And quite frankly, it's not particularly favorable to Jabari Walker. But this is the, from where he was when the week started to where he is. There is nothing to do but celebrate this one. Um, he might quickly outperform this. Uh, certainly that's like if you're building a team, that's why you're hoping it happens. But the sort of more ruthless thing to do if you're the Blazers is give him a two-way deal and say, hey, you know, when the season progresses and you d prove you deserve it, we'll give you a, a we'll give you, we'll upgrade you and use that 15th roster spot uh, to give you a full contract. They went ahead and did it. That means Jabari Walker goes from making about $500,000 uh, on a two-way deal to uh, shade over a million bucks on a, on a rookie minimum, what the rookie minimum will be. That's tight. He made himself half a million dollars, doubled his salary in a week. He went to Las Vegas and made half a million dollars. How you doing? How was your week? What'd you do since last Thursday? Probably didn't make half a million bucks. And if you did, thanks for listening to the Blazers. Lockdown Blazers, not, not the Blazers. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Blazers. I spoiled my own darn joke. Uh, this is... This is, that's a big deal for Jabari Walker. He made a whole bunch of money. He got a real NBA contract and he got job security. And I think this is the real key. That money, that year one money is very likely fully guaranteed. One year fully guaranteed with the, the with non-guarantees beyond that. And we'll see, we'll see the details when they come out. I'll, I'll tell you right here into this very microphone. 
But a two-way contract is not guaranteed. You can be waived at any time. Uh, it is You do not have the job security. You do not have the roster spot. You don't get the years of experience. Like It is not the same thing. This is a big deal for someone who went 57. This is a big deal for someone who took the leap from, you know, Pac-12 standout to hopefully make the league and waited all that time, the last second to last pick in the draft. And then he goes and what does he do in Vegas? He balls out and he doesn't ball out like he's going to be a superstar in the league. He balls out like I am a good basketball player that can help. And the Blazers reward him for it. That is cool as hell. Congratulations, Jabari Walker. Someone who I have really enjoyed watching and I couldn't be happier for getting the money. I never met him. Like I haven't spoken to him because I wasn't in Vegas. But um, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. To be clear, I don't think Jabari Walker plays early in the season, if at all. I think he is a depth piece, an end-of-the-rotation piece, a guy that if there are injuries, the Blazers don't have a lot of dudes his size and they might need him. And I think he is competent enough that if you need him for a little bit, he can help a little bit. He's not a starter. He's not even a, I don't think he's even right now today, as much as I like him, like a reliable NBA rotation player. But he has tools to become one and the early flashes are very, very intriguing. Uh, you know, he's, he can pass a little bit. He can handle a little bit. He can shoot a little bit. He looks like a really good rebounder and he's six foot nine, some skills in the right frame and a dude who just clearly knows how to play basketball. I, I, I'm happy to, if this is, if this is what the 15th roster spot and, and frankly, Jabari Walker is like the 13th best player in the Blazers roster. He's better than Greg Brown right now. He's better than Didi Luzada right now. For my money, he's better than Keon Johnson right now. Like, um, that puts him at 12. He's the 12th man. If this is what the 12th man looks like, that's money. That's great. That's a good 12th man in the league. 12th men don't play, but he's, but congrats. Because if they need him to play, or if they want him to play in the future, Jabari Walker has a chance to be part of the Blazers' future, and a chance that looked uncertain when Summer League started. He now gets a little a little guarantee and a little certainty about what's next for him. The Blazers on their social media channels released a video of him uh, signing his contract, hugging his parents, and then kind of talking to the room. Um, not 100% clear who was in the room, but his, his family you know, Joe Cronin, Blazers Brass, et cetera, et cetera. And he, and he spoke, you know, candidly about what it meant to him to have this. I recommend you check it out. I'll link it in the uh, episode description of this, of this episode. It's, it's touching and it's easy to root for a guy like this. But now that you're rooting for a guy like this, part of the deal is that the Blazers roster is full. When you give someone the 15th roster spot, you do not have any other roster spots remaining. The boat is full. Let's talk about a full boat in the second segment. Before we do that, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Best tasting protein bar on the market. Something I ate today, this afternoon. Uh, need a little pick-me-up in the middle of the afternoon. Had to get some stuff done, and I grabbed a peanut butter brownie bar. So I could get 17 grams of protein and just 4 grams of sugar with 4 net carbs. Tastes great, packs a punch, just like every other Built Bar. So go to Built.com. Check out the flavors. If you're not in a peanut butter brownie, they got something for you. Limited time flavors that are popping up all the time or some some heavy hitter staples like peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. Uh, you'll, you'll find something you like. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
All right. Let's talk about the full boat. The Blazers gave the 15th roster spot to Jabari Walker. Congrats. But that means they don't have any NBA roster spots left. They've got 15 players in the two-way spot. This team is full up. Uh, you can carry up to 20 guys on the roster heading into um, heading into training camp. You can carry 20, you know, 20 contracts, 20 NBA contracts into training camp. You just said by the end of training camp, you got to get back down to 15. Uh, typically, the Blazers don't really sign guys to beyond that number they'll sign some training camp guy they'll sign some training camp deals but i i don't anticipate that they're gonna fill this thing up with non-guaranteed contracts and then figure it out from there they're gonna invite some dudes to training camp but the roster is full um they do have because they did not give us a jabari walker a remaining two-way spot and for my money the two-way spot has to go to a center two-way spots guys have to have uh three years or fewer experience in the league uh you know you can't give it to just like some random vet it's specifically a developmental contract so they have to be a developmental player they can't have a bunch of nba experience but um what is the two-way what was the two-way contract for if not front court depth the blazers need another they need an emergency center on the roster uh i think nurk's gonna play center bank on it 28 29 minutes you're going to need another 20, 19, 20 minutes from others. Uh, I think Trenton Watford is going to play a lot of small ball center. Chauncey Billups has hinted at Jeremy Grant playing some small ball center. Drew Eubanks is capable of a small minute backup role. I actually think Drew Eubanks is fine as a backup center. My concern with him is that in the games where he's the one who needs to play 30 minutes, that I don't think he's capable of being a 30 minute a night NBA center. Uh, I think that's where the Blazers get thin. It's not that Eubanks is like an inept backup center. He's probably like a fine, you know, right in the average range where the normal talent that you get from backup centers. It's that just like in general, he's, it gets dicey if he's the only healthy center on the roster and he's just like not an NBA starter. That's, that's not what he is. He's a, he's a backup. Um, he's something like an average backup center. So I, I they need depth there. I think the two way spot absolutely has to go to another big, um, young bigs particularly aren't like typically good. <laughs> So, uh, you know, they're, but the Blazers just need size, some developmental size in the back half of their roster. I think that is, that is the way to go. Uh, Moses Brown, come on down. Uh, it's the, the, the roster being full says a couple things. And I, I think we've addressed these a bunch, so I'm not going to hammer, hammer them home, but they're worth repeating. The Portland Trailblazers front office and coaching staff, because Chauncey Bope certainly has some say if in, in what how this goes down, or at least is aligned to, to some extent with Joe Cronin's roster building, um, as far as I understand it, they're comfortable going smaller. They're comfortable playing a little bit smaller. As I mentioned, with Watford and Grant playing, getting likely to get some backup center minutes, they're comfortable with it. With the way the roster is constructed, uh, you know, we will see some three guard stuff with Josh Hart at the three because we have to. If Shaden Sharp plays, his easiest pa easiest path to play is probably at three, where he is, you know, not too short to play small forward, but certainly um, does not have an NBA frame of typical large wings at that spot. Um, 
at the forward spots at at power forward. Jeremy Grant is a power forward size, and he's an NBA power forward. Um, I think he's just an NBA forward. He could play either spot, but he's a he's a totally totally legitimate four, albeit not a very good rebounding one. But th- that doesn't that doesn't rule out sort of his like general general size and and strengths. Uh, but beyond that, the guys who are going to play power forward are, are Nazir Little and and uh, Justice Winslow. Not big dudes, six 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 five and six six respectively. Uh, Eubanks is only a five, so you can't really do twin tower looks. Um, the Blazers don't have a great way to scale up. If Trenta Watford plays uh, a little bit of five, he's like <laughs> what I'll describe as a small six nine. Like he's not big. Um, he's strong and can and can bully littler guys, but he's like he's not not big and long and he's not not a rim protector at all. Portland is comfortable playing small. Uh the addition of Gary Payton the second with their mid-level money, that was when we knew they were okay playing small. This is what they're going to do. They're going to be they are going to try to add more versatile defenders with with getting Payton and Winslow and Little and and Grant on the floor a bunch. Those four guys uh, and Hart, you know, and that those five guys who are pretty versatile defenders. The other four probably can play guard more positions than Josh Hart. No, not a slouch on defense, but doesn't have crazy defensive versatility. Uh, you you they are comfortable being versatile on defense and not particularly big. They're cool with that. That's clearly how the roster was built and the decision to go with Jabari Walker is is as much just like, hey, let's get talent on the roster as it is a a quadrupling, quintupling, sextupling, septupling, octupling, whatever down you want to call it. I don't know what nine is, or I would have kept that going. Uh, d- d- down on on this, on versatility and and uh, not they're not afraid to play small. They're not afraid to play small. And if you were, if they were afraid to play small, Jabari Walker would have gotten a two-way contract, and they would have signed a vet with with that money. Like, but they didn't, and the boat is full, and this is a fifteen-man roster. I, I don't want to. I was going to use this part of the show to talk about what I kind of think the Blazers are going to be. Um, you know, is, is this a uh, uh, lottery team is this a play-in team is this a is this a you know what is where could what's their ceiling and all that but i think there's a pretty good chance that by the time you listen to this or by you know within 24 hours of the show donovan mitchell's gonna get traded uh and like i'll just say the jazz are not a playoff team they clearly don't want to be so they're gonna drop out of there but i want to see where all the the other parts fall before we talk about where the blazers are i think talent alone just looking at the top of the west i think the blazers are a team that is on the edge of the play-in you know playing pretty squarely in the play-in picture um with not much path to crack into the top four i think I, the west is really good it's they're really good um then if if the LA teams get it together, even better. Um, if one of the LA teams is good, even better. Uh, I don't think many teams other than Utah, I don't think any of the teams other than Utah got significantly worse. Utah got worse on purpose. San Antonio got worse on purpose. But all the other West playoff teams add in the two teams from LA, add in um, an improved New Orleans. Like it's it's going to be tough. And I think the Blazers with this particular roster are a playing team. But we'll save. We'll do Western Conference tiers and predictions and all that later on when the dust settles. Because Kevin Durant might join the Western Conference. Ben Simmons might join the Western Conference. Uh, the Jazz might be like super duper 
young. Let's call it young. They might just be bad. The Jazz might stink, but they might stink on purpose. Um, they might go full aggressive rebuild. Um, you may have heard of Danny Ainge. Uh, he grew up in Eugene. Shout out to the South Eugene X-Men. Um, it's, or is he a North Eugene Highlander? Somebody correct me on where Danny Ainge went to, went to high school. Um, and shout out to knowing all the mascots in the Eugene area. Uh, regardless of where Danny Ainge went to high school uh, or any or any my, my stupid party tricks, like the Blazers look like a bland team and we will settle the rest there. Jabari Walker is a nice story. He's not a needle mover. I'm excited for Jabari. I just don't think he changes the outcome too, too much. So you might be asking, what the hell changes the outcome, dog? How do they change the outcome? I don't want to watch a team that finishes in the play-in. I want a team that chases it. Not a lot of paths to get better, but let's talk about what those are, how the Blazers could conceivably do that in the third segment. Stick with me. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Portland signed rookie Jabari Walker to a contract. That means the roster's full. That means they don't have a lot of paths to get better. Uh, this team, by virtue of signing Gary Payton to the contract they did, hard-capped themselves. And in general, I don't think if you're trying to be good that triggering the hard-cap is like a criminal offense. It's fine. It's like uh, this the Portland's way of acquiring Gary Payton was offering him more money than the Warriors did. The Warriors offered him a contract that if the Blazers had offered would not have triggered the, the hard-cap. But Gary Payton wouldn't have left the best team in the NBA if it wasn't for more money. Like that—that's how you attract free agents. That's—that's that's just like the way the game is played. Um, I don't think there's nothing wrong with triggering the hard cap. But what that means is that there is a the hard cap. The the NBA has a soft salary cap typically, where if you don't trigger a hard cap, there is not a number that you can just, you can just pay as much money as you want, but there are certain things and including using a port, like the portion of the mid-level exception that the Blazers did that trigger a, a ceiling, a hard capped ceiling on the sal- on total salary that you cannot exceed during the season for any reason, depending on what the final figures are for, uh, Jabari Walker's contract. And like I said, I assume it'll be I assume it'll be a three-year minimum deal, second and third year non-guaranteed, first year fully guaranteed. That's what I assume they gave him. That's a that's a pretty typical contract. It's it's not a Mori special. A Mori special is a fourth year, but uh, shout out to Daryl Mori. But it's it's close to it. It's and it's a flavor of contract that NBA teams like to give to second rounders, who are good but uh, allows the team maximum control over the future of these players. Fine, happy for Jabari. Get the money. Worry about team control in three years. When you, If you hit free agency in the NBA, true unrestricted free agency in the NBA, you earned it, always. But depending on where Jabari Walker's money comes in at, the Blazers are something like four, three and a half to four million dollars below that line, below the what you'll hear people call the tax apron, below the hard cap. Three and a half, four million bucks. But... <laughs> But they don't have a roster spot for someone. Uh, and and by virtue of, you know, recently signing Anthony Simons, recently signing Shane Sharp, recently signing Yusuf Nurkic, uh, same with uh, same with, with the Jabari now, like, they have a lot of tradable guys. Uh, and even then, they would have to, they would be making a trade for 
you know, like salary, right? Because they got to they gotta stay within the bounds. The probably the best way for Portland to uh, in to create a roster spot and then have an, a chance to improve the roster would be outright waving uh, Didi Lusada. Didi Lusada got a four year fully guaranteed contract. He didn't get the Maury special. He got money and and good for Didi. Good for Didi and Didi's people. I'm glad he got the cash. But he's not an NBA player. He's he's not he's not. Um, at this stage, he does not look like he can contribute at this level and he doesn't, for my money, he doesn't, while he has some physical tools that suggest that he could be a pretty darn good basketball player, he just doesn't look like an NBA player. He's the cut. He's the cut. He's, he's, he's your sort of lease upside cut at the end of the bench, like conceivably Justice Winslow, but he's like an NBA rotation player. Even if he's like a low end NBA rotation player, it's like, he's not the cut. So it would be Didi. And if you cut Didi's salary, he's got a couple years left, and then stretch that salary over three seasons, it's something like $700,000 this year, like cap impact immediately. Gets you closer to the salary, gets you closer to the to the hard cap, and it puts another, it puts more dead money on the books. Which um, I'm also doing this math, assuming that the Blazers are stretching and waving Eric Bledsoe, although I have not seen reporting on that. So if if Bledsoe is, um, if they're playing Bledsoe's full contract for this season, the Blazers are something uh, closer to like a million bucks shy of the apron, a million and a half dollars shy of the apron, um, and maybe even less depending on where Jabari Walker comes in. But I'm assuming that. That they stretch Eric Bledsoe, and if they do stretch Didi Luzada's contract, that means that you take the cap hit over a longer portion than the than the seasons remaining. For Bledsoe's case, it's a couple years. For Didi, it would be three, and it would be like six hundred thousand dollars or seven hundred thousand dollars between there. Six sixty six hundred fifty thousand, roughly, um, if my math is correct, and it would give you an open roster spot. And if you add that open roster spot, you could use a portion of the biannual exception to sign a, a free agent to more than the minimum, or you could acquire a player using the $6.5 million trade exception the Blazers have. A portion of it, obviously, you couldn't use all of it because you can't go over the hard cap, but you could acquire a player making more than the minimum to upgrade the roster. That's a lot of jargon and numbers and all that. So like the Cliff Notes version, TLDR, too long, didn't read. Blazers don't have a lot of paths to upgrade the roster. It would be trades, but they don't have a lot of trade arsenal. So the best path to do that would be to waive Didi Luzada. But if you waive Didi Luzada, you don't open up a ton of money. You just have a chance two different ways to pay someone more than the minimum. Or you just sign an, a veteran who's better and like can contribute more quickly for the veteran minimum. And that would be cap legal and you could pull it all off. I don't think that happens. <laughs> I think if I had to guess, this is the 15 the Blazers start the season with. And then in season, they'll figure out what they might need and they'll make some trades and all those things. If you believe Joe Cronin, what he said at face value, like he thinks that it's going to take several cycles for this team to get where they want to go. And that next cycle after free after the draft and free agency is the trade deadline in February. So it's not like February 15th. It's it's December 15th and then January 15th. It's like when trade season really opens up in the NBA, which is like December, but then for real at, in the, at the turn of the new year, like in 2023, that's when trade season like really typically pops off. Although occasionally there's some big trades in December. But if I had to guess, while there are paths for the Blazers to get better, I think this is the 15 they go into the season with. Uh, you know, you, you could 
to try to trade Josh Hart for something. You could, you, there are, there are ways to do it and get creative. I don't think it's crazy, but you're getting later into the season and probably the other big dominoes, Durant, Donovan Mitchell have to fall before the Blazers can make like secondary trades. So in some ways you're kind of just at the whims of when that happens, probably you know, next couple weeks when, when all this goes down, Donovan Mitchell, next couple hours, we'll see. So, uh, like, I think this is the group. I think this group is kind of fine. I think, uh, you've get a sense of what the Blazers value moving forward with this new group and they're, what they're comfortable with size and skill set wise. And you get to root for Jabari Walker, who's a legitimately feel-good story making this money off of his summer league play. And, you know, obviously the Blazers were invested in him. They wouldn't draft him. They weren't invested in him. But he balls out in summer league and gets a real deal contract. Good for him. Now the team's full and we'll see what they do from here. The roster's full. We'll see what they do from here. Come back for this. You are listening to Thursday, July 14th show. Come back for Friday show. Blazers play Thursday night. Uh, final of their... Standard slate of summer league games before the summer league tournament pops off. Tune into the show. We'll talk about that and whatever else has happened in the league. Uh, if you have, if you missed it, uh, Jabari Walker's college coach, Tad Boyle, the head coach, head men's basketball coach at uh, the University of Colorado, he was on the show yesterday. We talked all about Jabari Park, uh, Jabari Parker, poof, Jabari Walker is who we talked about. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Boyle recruited Walker, coached him for two years, has really unique perspective on his growth from 17 to 19 as a basketball player. Um, Really worth checking out. That's waiting in your feed. It's the episode right before this one. If you missed it, go back and check that one. Come back Friday. Tell your friends about this show. Make it your first listen every single day. Then, I don't know, listen to Locked on NBA. Make it out your second listen every day. Get all the biggest stories from, uh, you know, my colleagues. Check it out. Check me out. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.